Hello, and welcome to the show Gold Squadron Gays. It's the podcast where two Star Wars-loving gays break down each episode of their favorite Star Wars TV shows, while also being gay as hell. I'm your host, Bradley Brower. I'm Charles Rogers, and I'm the fucking co-host. <laughs> I'm sorry, it is... It has been funny for me for a year that your your introduction that you slap on there is yeah. I'm your host, Bradley Brower. And I always want to be like, and I am also the host. <laughs> I have hosted more shows than you. <laughs> oh my god. I never thought about that. Like I just always like it's been so easy to just edit it without that, so it's just funny. <laughs> I listened to that and I'm like, should I bring this up to him? Mmm. Nah, nah, nah. I'll bring it up one. Day. I'll bring it up on our our year anniversary special, uh, which this Perfect. is. Happy one recording. year anniversary! Happy one year anniversary! We are recording this February fifth, which is um, four days after you uh, a year ago sent me a text message and was like, hey, I know that we were going to release the show on February 7th, but it turns out that Anchor <laughs> posts it to Spotify immediately. So I guess we're live now? We're live February 1st. And I'm like, okay. Yeah, um, that's so funny. I'm looking back at our Anchor episodes now, like I'm looking at them right now and I'm like, oh, our first one was on the first. We're just yep. so clever. We had planned, yeah. And I remember that, like, we we didn't tell anybody for, like, three weeks that yeah. the show was out. Like, we waited an extended period of time to post on the social medias and be like, hey, so we have a podcast now. Right. And we also, we... We, how many episodes had we gotten into before we actually started telling people? Because we did record a few and we had some on like the back burner like for a hot minute because we wanted right. to wait. I I think we started telling people about three episodes in. Yeah. And I remember right. that was the point I started reaching out to some because all of our early guests for Mando were like friends of mine. <laughs> who, right. Who had some tangential connection or were in some way other than Aaron were in some way public figures like Clayton was a drag queen still is a drag queen Kyle uh, was streaming a lot at the time uh, and I remember that yeah that was around the point that I started reaching out to them and be like hey I just started a Star Wars podcast do you want to come be on it yeah so we have officially made it through a full year um, we've made it We've made it, Bradley. What do you uh, what do you think over all of our first year? How do you feel about where we've come in the past year? As far as I can tell, uh, we're doing well and getting better at it. <laughs> um, we are. We're definitely improving from where we started. Please don't listen to our pilot episode. I was it's not very good. You know, I, you know, I, I didn't know how it was going to go when we first started. I thought like, oh, this will be so easy. Like, we're just going to do this because we just talk about this anyway. So like, let's just record ourselves talking about it. But it's funny looking back and being like, oh my God, this is actually hard to like start. And then now where we are, we're, we're getting decent at it to the point where it's becoming more of like a plug and chug kind of situation. Like we don't actually have to like 
think like, oh my God, what are we going to do? Oh my God, what are we going to do? Like, we just kind of were like, nope, we're just going to record it and see what happens. <laughs> I think that one of the, the big benefits, one of the big benefits that we have as a podcasting team is that we're both trained in producing and we also split the workload between the two of us. Right. So it's not like one person doing all of the work for it it's split in half and I think something that's definitely facilitated like this whole thing with Book of Boba where we've had five guests in a row with a three-day turnaround time we would not have been able to do a year ago and part of it is you and I know exactly what both of us are going to do for an episode right like I'm going to send out the onboarding email and make sure our guest is comfortable. You're going to do this. I'm going to do this. You're going to do this. I think we've, one thing that people don't understand about podcasts is it's, you kind of have to treat it like a production with a degree of business sense to it, even if you're not making a lot of money off of it. And I think you and I have split the workload in such a way that it's much easier than if it were just one of us trying to do it. Oh, speaking of money, you want to know how much our podcast has made? I would love year? to know how much our podcast, <laughs> tell me and our listeners how much our podcast has made in the um, first year. So uh, since we only have the one ad that we constantly use, which is our anchor ad, um, which comes with the software, basically, we just had to record one and then they add it on there. Um, our listeners probably know that ad way better than I, was I gonna, do. because I, was I haven't that. thought about that ad since since we recorded because originally it was you yes and i said it doesn't make sense for the brand for it just to be you right and then we recorded another one that was both of us and i haven't fucking thought about it since then since then i could quote the first steps one by heart because i've listened to every episode of that show and they also use the anchor app but tell us how much money we've made from that <laughs> advertisement, Bradley. So after one whole year, we've made uh, a total of $39.83. Wow. And just for uh, <laughs> reference, we only get a penny every time somebody listens to the ad all the way through. Wow. <laughs> so if that, I don't know the math there, but there you go. Uh. Yeah, okay. That actually, like, that segues me into another shocking thing about this show, uh, which it turns out people listen to it. Yes. This was it, surprising it, to me. I was going to say, it's it's weird. Numbers are weird because we don't, because it's split between, like, Apple and Spotify and, you know, seven other different podcatcher things. And so it's kind of hard to determine, like, narrow down, like, how many people are listening to it. I mean, my estimation is around a hundred people. Um, so, so far in one year, that's pretty fucking cool. Like that a hundred plus people listen to us. Like, I don't know. I, that's just so good. Like a for weird a, thing to think about. For a super niche podcast. Yeah. Cause <laughs> we're about, we're about one section of one franchise through a specifically queer lens. Yes. Like, it, I'm amazed that anyone listens to the show at all, frankly. Right. Uh, I mean, and then our little our little demographic thing says that a hundred people in the last week are unique listeners, which means they're new. So, whew. 
doesn't necessarily mean that they're sticking around, but like we have at least a hundred people are brand new well, listeners. So that's interesting too. So it's, it's weird how it all adds up, but. Well, I just want to say, uh, if you are listening to the show, thank you. You are the reason that uh, I can continue to berate Bradley publicly on the internet every week. Uh, so thank you for enabling me to do that. <laughs> no, it's, one of the coolest moments from the first year for me was actually when we got that email that I read out loud on the show. Yeah. Where we had gotten that listener feedback. And I was, because most people that have given me feedback in the show are people I know from elsewhere. So people from Twitter and stuff will DM me or text me or something and be like, right. hey, I was listening to the show and this and this and this. So to get a communication from somebody who I had no idea who it was, it was just a random listener who sent it to our email. I was like, this is awesome. Yeah. I love that somebody engaged with the show like this. That is so cool. Yeah. Because you don't really know, like until people start telling you like, Hey, I don't like your show or Hey, I do like your show. You really don't know. Like until somebody starts telling us, we're just going to keep doing it because it's like, you know, until somebody's like, Oh, those guys are so awful. Like I can't listen to them anymore. You know what I mean? Like unless a billion people tell us no, like I'm like, all right, we'll just keep doing this until somebody says otherwise. So, well, and like every time we have gotten feedback, positive and negative, you know, we we do make sure to listen to it and incorporate it. Like Bradley and I work very hard on this show <laughs> for something that's made us $39 in the past year we we work very hard on this show and one thing is trying to take into account people who are listening to the show taking that feedback into account and like how do we how do we address this how do we you know incorporate more of this thing that people liked etc cetera, etc cetera. It's definitely been, I don't know if I've mentioned it on the air, Bradley, but I know I told you because we both went to the same school. Right. I almost feel like I learned more doing this show than I did in all the production classes we took. You know, it's, I, I feel the same way in a sense, because I do feel like there are some classes that I, we did take where we take things from those classes and we're like, oh, remember when I was, I was about to say the exception maybe being uh, the one professor that we both had. Yeah. That was like the reason we became friends was his right. classes. His classes, I think, prepared us a great deal, but there were other classes that I'm like, Man, I have just learned so much about the daily how to put on a podcast just from doing the podcast. Yeah, I, I especially when I was in school, I definitely like it was two professors for sure is the one that you mentioned that I think that one really like taught me about just structure and stuff about TV in general um, or production in general. But then my other professor, she was like integral to teach me like what a real how a production is really run and I think those combining like on what makes a production versus how it's run I think those two things combined like uh, you know uh, the above the line the above the line and a below the line kind of jobs that you do on productions I think both of them prepared me for this in a sense I mean it's just weird to think about but like, cause she's the one who got me my first ever production, production job, like a real, like being paid for my job kind of job, not an internship. Um, so I, I thank her. I don't want to, you know, 
call her out on here because we're not going to mention any yeah. names. I don't want to mention any names, but with or anybody we we right. know, yeah. But she definitely was like that instrumental thing that made me kind of just get the ball rolling into like a career in production. But I think he was the one who got me interested in storytelling and interested in just the behind, like the nature of yeah how we because up until that point I'd, I'd done a lot of basically guerrilla production is I had been brought on to do like short films and various things like in my hometown uh I did a lot of film work just basic stuff like trying to to produce these short films and and when I went over if I finished my first major then I went over and I did the major that you and I met in right uh a lot of what I I took from those classes from the good professors that I had I've been able to turn around and apply to the podcast but then also the podcast has taught me a lot more about just getting up in the morning and making sure these things get done so I think it's a combination yeah. of, of all of my experience from when I was just making it up on the fly versus the training that I received uh, to the stuff I've learned just doing the podcast in general. Well, Bradley, uh, I mean, it, we're going to make this a pretty short episode, but I do want to ask, um, what is something that you think maybe if we were to go back in time, we could have done differently over the first year to make it go a little bit smoother? Well, it's hard to say that definitely because I would say something along the lines of like, oh, well, if we just knew the schedule of these shows, like it would be so much easier to like That's plan not something we can do, but right. Lucasfilm, uh, tell us when the fucking shows are coming out uh, <laughs> with more than a month of lead time please i am begging you on my knees i don't know how these other shows are able to schedule their stuff because it's like if this show doesn't get dropped until a month before you know i mean like if there's no information until like a month before how did you get like scheduling like okay i need to have these episodes out by these dates these you know uh these guests are registered for these dates and i mean yikes like I don't have Disney money. Like I need. <laughs> I know that. I know that. Uh, Star Wars explained who like making content about Star Wars is his full time job. It's, right. it's him and his wife's full time job that they do. They have expressed the two of them uh, frustration over the same thing because it's like they have to plan things out months right. in advance and then. And for us, you know, it's just the one show, but that is definitely one of the most stressful parts of the show is because I remember too, when Bad Batch was coming out, we didn't know how many episodes it was going to be. Yeah, we were trying to figure out like, how do we want to structure this? So we have enough time to do Mando season two in between in order to lead up to Book of Boba Fett. This is wild to think about. Yeah, but that's not really something we could change necessarily. No, I that, I wouldn't change. I, I just say like, it is kind of one of those things where I wish we had the ability to plan those things. Um, on the on the things that we could change aspect, um, I I wish I had the capital to spend money on, you know, just like silly little things like social media and you know, 
um, artwork and things like that. Like, cause anything we've spent on this show is obviously out of pocket. Like it's not right. like, we're not we making any money. So that's one thing I wish we could change. I know that that's not something we can change, but I wish like we had capital to just be like, okay, let's pay someone to design our logo. Let's pay someone to run our social media. Let's pay someone, you know, because- To clarify, it's pay someone out of the budget of the show, not pay right. someone out of our own pocket. We we pay our artists and designers yes. and the people who do things for us. Yes. Uh, rest assured- Thanks for Jordan clarifying. Has, Jordan has made money off of us <laughs> doing the artwork for the TikTok. Right. And I've made zero dollars uh, doing any kind of album artwork. So there you go. Um, but yeah, stuff like that. I mean, I, I wish like, cause what sucks is like, you know, things like Photoshop are like a, a monthly or a yearly, you know, kind of cost. And it's like, uh, as much as I would love to, you know, pay for that, like, it's not something like I really, we use to the point that would justify paying for it. So it's kind of like, do you waste money on those things to make things quote unquote perfect? Or do you just kind of like figure out a cheaper alternative for now until hopefully one day, you know, we had the income to be able to afford those things. Yeah. I definitely think that there's times that I've looked at like the video editing software because everything I use to make the TikToks is free. Yeah. Everything I use to make it is, is free. Uh, right. Except for the art itself that I paid Jordan for, or we right. paid Jordan for, rather. Because uh, it was not just me that paid her for it. <laughs> right. Uh, her commissions are open, by the way, I believe at time of recording this. So you can go get your own artwork in the same style. But there are times that I've looked at stuff like, oh, maybe I'd like to get Photoshop. Or maybe I'd like to get um, Premiere Pro or something to make right. content. And then I'm like... Chief, that is a that is an expense, and I don't make a lot of money. Right. And I live in California, so like, mm. I know one thing that if I were to go back and and make a minor tweak, because I'm mostly pretty happy with how we've done things for the past year. If I were to make a minor tweak, it's I would have listened to more queer-led Star Wars podcasts before we started the show. Right. And I don't blame myself for not knowing that they existed because I didn't really know they existed. I remember we both went looking for them and we couldn't really find them. Right. Before we started recording. And it was only after Pride Month. I remember I did my whole thing at Pride Month where I listened to one a week and like, would talk about my impressions of them. That was the first time that I had discovered. And I've learned a lot. And I'm fortunate that my current job, which I'll be at for another few more months, gives me a lot of time to listen because I've learned a lot just listening to other shows. I've learned a lot just listening to Brian interview people on Pink Milk about how to, to handle guests. I've learned a lot listening to Dark Side Divas and how they do their research. I've learned a lot about branding by watching or listening to RuPaul's pod race and how they handle the internal branding of the show. So it's these other different shows that I, I wish I had checked out beforehand, but on the other hand, I, I couldn't find them initially. Right. So I'm also glad that the podcast has put me in that sphere that I know where those are. 
which is awesome. That's that's something that looking back, I probably would have done differently. Other than that, I'm pretty happy with the first year. Yeah. I also would probably have gone back and told myself that, no, you won't have time to do um, other content besides the main show uh, until the first year is complete. Uh, do not try to expand too quickly because I would have saved myself a lot of hours for stuff that has not seen the light of day. Yeah. That's the one thing too, is like, you know, I didn't know where we were going to be in a year either. Cause it's like, you do start to think of those things. Like how do we expand the brand? Like, how do we do that stuff? But you don't want to do it too soon because if you do it too soon, then you're stretching yourself too thin and you know, the quality is not there. I feel like one of the things that we excel in now is because we are, focused on this one show you know we can put more time and effort into it and I feel like the quality is there for at least my standards it's there um whether or not that's up to other people's standards is uh you know that's on them but uh for me at least I'm happy with the quality because you know I have to you know I sit there and edit the episode and I go through and I you know cut out all awkward pauses and stuff like that there's other shows that don't edit at all and you know they just they just put it out there and, and that's fine too for, you know, if that's what you're going for. Um, but I like, I think that we take the care, I guess, is a good way to say it. Like, you know, we want to make sure that it sounds good, you know, and we worry about that because we, you know, we record backup audio and we do all kinds of stuff just to make sure that we're always delivering a quality product because I don't like to get shitty product. So I don't want to give other people shitty product. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think that's something that you and I, it's part of the reason we work so well together is because we both, you know, it's fun. It's a fun experience. We get on and we talk about stupid uh, space wizard TV shows for kids every week. But at the same time, I think both of us have the approach of a certain minimum level of professionalism. And I know that I'm like you, I try to bring the same professionalism that I bring to productions that I'm getting paid for or projects that I'm getting paid for to this show. And I hope it comes across. I know we're not, we're not perfect. Uh, Remembering the infested episode where uh, we had to record with me on my iPhone uh, sitting in, in the bed. And like, it was super hot for some reason in my apartment that night and I was like sweltering so we're not always perfect but uh bless us we're trying right but I do think that's something that like I would tell other podcasters I've seen a lot of people like in the pandemic they'll start a pop this is not a direct call out of anyone specific uh but that's okay the people that I'm talking about don't listen to this show anyway <laughs> but I do have multiple friends who started podcasts in the pandemic and put out like one or two episodes and were like, uh, I, I, I just don't have the time or I just don't have the energy because, you know, it is, it's hard work. It's a very time consuming work. And I feel glad that this is not one of those shows that we actually spent the first year building something that is a sustainable brand that is recognizable. Right. And the fact that we were able to put out, you know, 50 plus episodes and keep going, like that's 
hard to do people don't do like i i think people underestimate like how hard it is to put out more than like three episodes of a podcast because it's like you really have to commit at that point and i knew that once we got over that hump of like the three that we had recorded were like out and about we were like okay now we're on a deadline gotta keep you, gotta, going. you know we gotta, gotta keep, keep going. going and we gotta didn't stop going. And, yeah you know, and like it's great yeah and like it's it's tough like i make the tiktoks and as a general rule, if you're looking at the TikToks, each minute of TikTok is roughly an hour that it takes to edit. And like Bradley also has to spend time editing the show. I have to spend time doing the TikToks. We both have to update the social media. I try to make content for the TikTok. And then on top of that, everything we're doing on the back end, we've got to have time in there to like watch the TV show. <laughs> And uh, yeah, I, I always struggle trying to like take my notes because it's like, I'll watch it and enjoy it. And then it's like, okay, great. Now I got to think like, when do I have time to watch it again? So I can take notes and like fill this out and make a good episode because otherwise I'm just going to be sitting there like, you know, uh, I don't remember that happening. Uh, I don't remember that happening, you know, and I'll forget. Yeah, the structure of the show is such that uh, you and I, it's not just a discussion show because it's a breakdown show. I have to go and take a lot more notes than I would if I were just going to watch the episode and then go on and talk about it. So and there's research that's involved. Like, I don't mean to, to denigrate anybody and say like, oh, our podcast is harder to put on than other podcasts. That's not what I'm saying at all. I'm just talking about my experience making it. My experience in making it is that I didn't anticipate at the beginning just how much of my time was going to be taken up Yeah, with just the legwork that goes into putting the episode out every week. And I also think that this is part of the reason that our early episodes weren't as strong. Yeah. Because we were still kind of struggling to figure out like, what's our... What are we doing? What's the vibe of the show? Like, right. what are the characters that you and I are playing on the show to an extent? Like, it took some getting there. Yeah. And what's, I think people also don't realize, like, even when we're editing stuff, like how long it does, like you mentioned how long it takes you to do the TikToks. Like, I, when I edit the podcast, if we go for two hours, talking to a guest on the podcast i have to sit there for two hours and listen to the podcast again because and then and then i have, I to, have to turn around and listen to the cut version which is probably about an hour and 40 minutes right and you have to tell me like hey by the way i heard something at this point can you fix that hey can you fix that after which i you know i've been already listened to this whole thing like three times and i'm like all right i'm done listening to it and you know if he even has one change like that's a still a, a lot to go look back and change. If he wants to change one thing, I'm going to fucking kill him. Right. So normally, I will say we have gotten really good at, you know, we don't have to change anything. Um, if it's not super, like, dire to, you know, the episode, at least in recent kind of episodes, we haven't really had too much issues. So I think it's really good. The only time I ever have to go back and change something like really, 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 really bad is if like, I know, like I said something incorrect and then like, I didn't realize why it was wrong until 
afterwards and then I was like wait a minute why did I say that like I was just confused or something and I'll go cut it because like mm-hmm. there's no way I'm like <laughs> that is the benefit of editing is you can catch those things in a way that you can't on like a live show right because yeah, we'll flub things and get things wrong there's a reason we have the thing Charles fucked up right segment because I'm I'm constantly making mistakes on the yeah. show all right well it has been a pretty interesting first year. Before we wrap up, um, Bradley, do we want to talk a little bit about what's coming up in the next year? Uh, yeah. That we know we can talk about. Because uh, I know we are planning to try to cover Celebration. Yes. I know that we are planning to finally make good on that exclusive video content on YouTube. <laughs> and I think right. those are the two big major things that are coming in the next year is we're looking to expand that direction and also uh potentially be at celebration i mean i will probably be at celebration definitely because i live here right but yeah i think that would be the goal is if i can if i can get to celebration and then our second goal would be if we could possibly i don't know why they're making this super hard to do but if we could get a press pass or do some kind of podcast meetup or something while we're there Um, That would be our goal for celebration, I think, like just to kind of mingle with more podcasters, mingle with more people with Star Wars so we can kind of let people know about us. You know what I mean? I really want to like kind of get the word out there. And really, we've been doing a pretty good, decent job, um, but I think it does help to kind of go to these places where these people are congregating and just be like, hey, I'm a thing. You should listen to me. And one thing that I really like about the queer podcasting community is it's very mutually supportive of each other. Uh, There's a lot of people that have been very supportive of us. I try to be very supportive of of other shows that I listen to and maybe ones that I don't even necessarily have the time to listen to the show, but I know the people that are running it are cool. Yeah, that definitely is, is one of our goals for the next year is to be able to go to Celebration. And I know also... We keep saying there's going to be exclusive YouTube comment content and uh, I haven't been doing it. So that is another goal of mine for the next year is to finally get some YouTube only stuff. We are, we are looking very hard at Divas Unleashed. We see what y'all are doing over there and we (laughs) like it. All right. Well, as we end up this first year retrospective, uh, I just want to drop the facade here for just a minute uh, and say directly from me to our audience, thank you for listening to the show. Your support means the world to us. We are glad that you have been enjoying it and we hope you stick around for the next year. And directly to Bradley, thank you for everything you have done. It's been an amazing first year. I could not do the show without you. Let's keep up this momentum into the next year. Always two there are. Always two there are. <laughs> but which one's the master and which one's the apprentice? Hmm. Speculate on that in the comments. I was going to say. <laughs> well, thank you guys for listening. And we look forward to another year and all the years to follow. And thank you for listening to Gold Squadron Gaze.